friend, what would you say if there was an expert in the Christian writing industry who's willing to show you the ropes? Someone who would tell you from her expertise what to do, what not to do, who would introduce you to other experts in the field, like other professional authors and agents, marketing people and editors, and would help you by answering whatever questions you have. Well, I am that person and I am so excited to share with you Write That Book. Write That Book is an online group where we connect together. There's experts every week who share behind the scenes of their writing lives and give tips through Facebook lives. And we also have a forum where you can ask questions. It's only $24.95 a month. And you are going to love this community. You can find out more information by just going to writethatbook.club. That's writethatbook.club. I would love to connect with you and help you write that book. You're listening to Walk It Out with Trisha Goyer where we discover what it looks like to follow God and be swept away on the journey of a lifetime. Author of over 70 books, mom of 10, yes, 10, homeschooler and speaker, Trisha Goyer will explore what radical obedience to God's word looks like. It's time to hear from God lovers who've dared to say yes. Listen in to Heart to Heart Chats and learn how others overcame doubts and fears. Discover how God used ordinary people to impact others one step at a time. If you're ready to get radical, get going, and make a difference in this world, you're at the right place. Here's your host, prolific writer, world traveler, people lover, and mega nap taker, Trisha Goyer. Well, friends, I am so excited and walk it out today to talk to one of my favorite authors. And I do not say this lightly because probably about 15 years ago, when John and I were having some marriage struggles, there was one phrase that has hit my heart and resonated with me. And that was, what if marriage isn't to make you happy, but to make you holy? And I would say that quote from Gary Thomas transformed our marriage. Now we're married another 15 years uh, since that time. So I am so thankful for all Gary teaches. Let me tell you a little bit about him, although you probably know a lot already, but Gary Thomas is a writer in residence at Second Baptist Church in Houston, Texas, and an adjunct faculty member teaching on spiritual transformation at Western Seminary in Portland, Oregon, and Houston. And in Houston, Theological Seminary in Houston, Texas. He's the author of 19 books, including Sacred Pathways, Cherish, Sacred Parenting, which I just bought a new copy for my new brand, uh, you know, all my younger kids again to go through again. And today we're going to be talking about Sacred Pathways, Nine Ways to Connect with God. So, Gary, I am so thankful you're here. Well, I'm so honored to hear that, Trisha. God has used you in such amazing ways. And if in days gone by, he was able to use me to encourage you, uh, that that's about as, as a fruitful encouragement as I could hope for. So oh, I'm, absolutely. I'm you know, we all have those tough spots in marriage. And that quote just really struck our heart. And, you know, every time we're talking with couples that are really struggling, that's the first thing my husband shares. And so I just appreciate just all the ways God has used you over the years. And I know this book, Sacred Pathways, has been um, re-released because it's impacted a lot of people. But for those who may not be familiar, just just want to tell them a little bit about it. 
Yeah, well, look, I know with you being a prolific writer, you might also have a lot of writers in there. So let me just say a quick little thing that might encourage would-be writers about it. It came out in 1996. Wow. It was my second book. I had no platform at the time. And I remember the editor calling me. You you get how this works, Trisha. She just said, Gary, your book is so well-written. It's so creative. There's nothing else out there like it. But we paid a lot of money for this fall's biggest book. You don't get any marketing dollars. Oh, I mean, literally, put it in the catalog. And you know what happens to that? I mean, she knew it would doom the book. At the home time, I saw it high hope. So it went out of print, less than 10,000 copies. Zonovan picked it back up with Sacred Marriage. Um, they didn't promote it, but they had Sacred Marriage coming out. They thought it'd be a good mix with Sacred Pathways. And it's just through the years, kept moving. It was mm. never a huge bestseller, but it just rather recently hit 100,000 copies sold. Which, you know, less than 1% of books will reach that. And then last week, it was so moving for me. I did a a curriculum for it, a video curriculum. Usually for big name authors, uh, video curriculums are released simultaneously with the book. This shows how big name an author I'm not. It took 25 (laughs) years after the book came out. 25 years after the book came out. 26, actually. So it's just an encouragement to authors or would-be authors. If you've written a book or if you've got a manuscript that hasn't been published, don't give up. Um, It's it's kind of like a kid. They grow up. They mature. Sometimes God uses them. Sometimes it takes a lot of years to season. But um, Sacred Pathways was really born out of a desire just to help people draw closer to God. And Mm. it was a bit of a mystical experience for me. I I don't know how your writing experience goes, but I often think of myself as an architect for most of my books. You think, okay, here's how big the house is. Here's where the rooms go. This is the front door. This is a kind of roof. So you think in chapters, introductions, sacred pathways was more like being an archaeologist. I feel like I was discovering these nine different ways that people connect with God. And people say, where do they come from? I still, looking back, I don't have a clue how that (laughs) book came out of that proposal. I I do feel like I was led by the Lord just to give different ways. Initially, it was just creative, quiet times. And then suddenly these nine different temperaments came out. And um, a whole new world opened up on how people can delight in their relationship with God. I was heavy early on in my life, stressing discipline, which I still think is important, but didn't understand the power of delight. If we delight in doing something, we want to do it more often. And so if we can find a way to connect with God that fits with who he made us, we're far more likely to spend much more time with God. And that's basically the basis of Sacred Pathways and why I think it's just sort of steadily hung around all these years to the point that Zondervan's finally thought, well, hey, maybe we should do a curriculum for this book. That is awesome. And I, I love how, you know, you talked about you didn't even know when you started that this is what, what it was going to be and how God reveals that to us in the right time. And then obviously it's been touching hearts for years, but I'm so excited about the curriculum you're doing. And I'm so excited that, you know, this is going to get new life to reach even more people. Because I know for me personally, um, grew up in, uh, my mom became a Christian when I was in second grade. So she was very new Christian, didn't really understand, you know, what it was to have quiet time or worship God. And then I got, 
pregnant at 17, met and married John, who's a gift when I was 18, but, and, you know, became a, a Christian during my pregnancy. But then over the years, I'm like, what do I do? I just want to, you know, I keep cussing and I just want to watch soap operas and, um, you know, just trying to stop myself from sinning. And I know one of the quotes you have is, you know, finding fulfillment in God is the most powerful antidote to any sin. And the more I discovered worship, and um, loving God in quiet time and loving God and loving others. Pretty soon it wasn't me fighting against the sin in my life. It was me enjoying God. And that thing wasn't even a part of my life anymore. And I love how you're able to talk about these different temperaments. And if we just discover the way that we find joy in connecting with God and worshiping God, it solves so many problems that, you know, all the pastors are teaching against us doing because we're just enjoying God and growing in him. A, A pastor counselor friend of mine, put it well when he said, if you're not walking in your pathway, you're falling into sin. Mm -hmm. And what he meant is if we're not cultivating that affirmation and acceptance and inspiration and connection with God, we're going to, our heart's going to be drawn somewhere else. It's going to be drawn to the world. And that's never a better place than God. There's no better place for our heart to be set on than God. And so I, I totally agree with you. The best defense is a good offense. There's a place for defense. We need to teach our kids about defense, but the most powerful defense is playing a good offense where our hearts are delighting in meeting with God. And I found that some people were having a difficult time being faithful in their devotions, not because of who God is. It's not because they didn't like God. And some thought, well, maybe I just don't connect with God very well. It's just, they were taught a way of connecting with God. that just doesn't match who they are. Mm -hmm. And the path What I hear most often is it's created two things, tremendous freedom that somebody can say, oh, yeah, I I relate to God differently than the person who led me to the Lord or my parents or my pastor or my friends. And, And there's just this sense of delight that they can be who God created them to be without guilt, but also greater understanding. Small groups when they go through this book, I've heard just great stories about, oh, that's why you always want to pray and not do the Bible study, or that's why I always want to do the Bible study and not have singing, or that's why you want to have the all night worship conference. And they finally get each other that a lot of these fights that they're having is really that they just all connect to God in a different way. And instead of fighting over which way is best, they can learn from each other and appreciate each other and recognize that God created us all with very different spiritual temperaments. Absolutely. I think growing up um, in Western culture and Christianity, you know, we're thinking it's a 30 minute quiet time (laughs) where you have your little notebook and your Bible or you're doing it wrong. And, you know, the more I studied Christians in history and have traveled the world and been able to see Christians around the world, it's not just this little box. And I love that the pathways expand our minds past that past that to see that there's so many ways of connecting with God. So I'd love you to go through really quickly just what the nine spiritual temperaments are. Okay. Um, there, uh, I'll just do that in a, in a quick little um, thing. First, you've got what I call the intellectuals. And by that, it's a bad title because I don't mean you have to be smart, but it's conceptual. Their hearts don't open up to God until they're minds are awakened. They could be in a worship service with a lot of, I love Jesus songs, a lot of sensual stuff. But if it's not related to understanding God in new ways, 
their heart isn't going to be open. If this sermon is inspirational but not informational, they'll probably walk out a little less satisfied. Hmm. They're the naturalists whose hearts are awakened when they get out of doors. It's just when they're surrounded by what God has made, if whether they're doing a quiet time in a park, taking a walk through the woods, sitting by a river, God becomes more real to them when they get outside. Instead of staying in their room, they might do better to step outside at night and look up at the stars, get up early with the sunrise, that kind of thing. Then there are the sensates who approach God mainly through the five senses. Again, they don't want to shut everything out. They want to open their eyes. They want to touch, taste, feel, hear. Uh, Eastern Orthodox corporate worship is very much centered around the sensates where you're smelling the incense, you're touching things, you're hearing the bells, you're even kissing some things. Then they're traditionalists. They love God through ritual and symbol. For the traditionalist, ritual isn't boring, it's meaningful. It connects mm. them with how they worship God throughout their life. It connects them with the way people have worshiped God for 2,000 years. They like to connect with symbols that remind them of the greater truths of God. They tend to be sort of more the religious or religiously oriented. And, and for them, religion isn't dead. It has great meaning. It matters to them. Then there are the ascetics. That's the title that my publisher really wanted me to find a better word for because it's an old-fashioned word for, uh, you know, medieval times. But mm-hmm. think of the monk or nun. These are people who like to get alone to worship God. They like a simple setting. They live in an interior world. You know, the naturalists are drawing drawn to God through nature, the sensates through their senses. For the ascetics, it's an internal thing. They don't want noise. They don't want distraction. Uh, Then they're the activists. They're drawn to God in the midst of confrontation and accomplishment. They want to fight God's battles. For them, church is just a place to gather volunteers, inspire others. But where they really connect with God is when they're fighting battles in his name. They're the caregivers. They love God by loving others. It doesn't necessarily mean nursing sick people sick people to health, although it could be that. It could be guys that want to fix widows' cars, paint somebody's fence, those kind of things. But they feel closest to God when they're reaching needs in God's name. Then there are the enthusiasts. Um, they tend to be the extroverts. They're the ones pushing the all-night worship singing. Uh, they like to celebrate. They also like to embrace the mystery of a supernatural God, whereas a traditionalist is comforted by ritual. Everything is done in its right time and place. The enthusiast is the exact opposite. They're praying that God will move in such a powerful way that everything will be thrown into chaos. It'll move <laughs> like he's never moved. Before. And if, if somebody's constantly praying that, I know I'm listening to an enthusiast. And then finally, the contemplative. They love God through adoration. They have a very emotional connection with God. They're the kind of people that, you know, they don't want to sign up for the activist-oriented things. They're not as much into study. They want to sit. They, I just want to sit and hold hands with God, spend time quietly with God, draw things quietly or journal with God, just think things through. They're the quiet ones, but if we let them be quiet and meet with God, they can come out of that quiet and just give us jewels of understanding and inspiration. I love it so much that as you're talking, I'm thinking of different people in my life and how they approach God differently. And I think it even gives me more 
peace and it has over the years understanding that it's okay to be this way i remember one time i had a a christian friend get mad at me because i wasn't going to this march that she was involved in and i'm like well i'm actually at the pregnancy center mentoring teen moms that evening and i'm like i'm caregiving i was loving god because i'm serving instead of you know being out marching but i think so many times it gets easy for us to judge other people and to say you're not doing it this way because this is the most important thing but just realizing and understanding that we're all different and these are all wonderful pathways for connecting with God. Well, here's what I love about the example you just gave. Activists and caregivers often see themselves at opposite ends. Mm-hmm. You, you are giving care, meaning an activist. But here's what I tell them. It, this is God's brilliance in creating a church. He doesn't just draft players for his team, like in a human football team. He actually creates the players. And you need activists to confront systemic evil. Mm-hmm. You need activists to try to stop the injustice from happening. But until the injustice stops, you need caregivers to help the victims. So it, it's the same thing, just from two different ends, and it serves God. It, it, it's like in football, um, you know, you need a quarterback and you need a receiver. You don't want the receiver to be a quarterback. You don't want the quarterback to be a receiver. They each play a role, but it's necessary for the team to win. And I think that's what God recruits with his team. It's just that we we all have these different roles. And if we just surrender to that, instead of fight each other about it, we more fully express Christ through his church. My eyes were opened up in in sort of a funny way when I was in college. My wife and I weren't yet married. We were kind of in that flirty stage. And I'm a morning person. Tricia, I like to get up really early this morning. The first number was a four. That's just (laughs) just sort of And um, Lisa was not a morning person. And so she would roll out of bed for an eight o'clock class in college, go to her classes, have lunch, come back to the dorm. And they had a rooftop where you could get on. She'd sit out in the sun. She loves to be out in the sun with her Bible. And she called it a quiet time. And I would, you know, in the flirty way that college students say, oh, right, Lisa, who goes up onto the roof at noon? sits in the sun and calls that a quiet time. Well, Lisa couldn't say anything, but two weeks later, there's this knock on my dorm room door. I open up, Lisa smiles, goes to my desk, opens up my Bible to Acts chapter 10, verse nine. It says this, and people can look it up. About noon the following day, <laughs> Peter went up on the roof to pray. <laughs> That can't I love be in it. My Bible. It wasn't some tricked out <laughs> translation. And it was really God's way of opening me up to realize does He really care if you like to pray first thing or at noon or at night or just that you're praying? And and I think I, I created rules that the Bible doesn't. Mm-hmm. And for me, sacred pathways helped free me from some of those rules so that I can encourage others instead of judge others. And mm. it's it's much more pleasant of a life, especially I would think, Trish, with somebody that has as many kids as you do, um, you may have all nine temperaments in your family. 
that's what I was going to go with next. Like, I was going to see, have you seen this in your kids? And now I'm, suddenly I'm like, okay, I need to pay attention to my kids, especially my adult kids. I could see it more. Um, I have a daughter who's a missionary. Um, you know, I have a, a, a older son who is very quiet but loves serving in his church in children's ministry. So they serve in different ways more. I mean, my daughter will talk to anyone, anywhere, <laughs> like invite them to coffee and tell them about Jesus. My son is very more older son's very more reserved you know so you can different see as they get older they're different personalities but i'd love to hear about like your kids and your family what you've seen in them yeah well here's a different example we were walking by the mall one time all of my kids are grown now um but when they were younger we were walking through a mall and we went by one of those arcades that malls have at times you know all of the video games the lights the buzzing and everything and my son was like, hey, dad, you got some quarters? I mean, he wanted to spend a lot of time there. <laughs> my, my oldest daughter has some sensory, you know, issues, I guess. is best way. And she was literally flinching. And it would have been torture for her if we just walked through there to get to the other side. She wanted to have nothing to do with it. But then the next week, we were walking on a path. It's up in the Pacific Northwest. It was by a waterfall. There was this bench right under a tree. And my daughter just stopped Mm. and said, Dad, wouldn't that be a great place to have a quiet time? And I thought, well, okay, here we go. (laughs) We got the the naturalist contemplative going on here. And I I should say, I think people can be blends, which is why I mentioned too. And and you see that often with other things that for some, you know, noises attract them. For others, no, I want to be quiet. I want it to be in the woods. And and I liked it because, you know, David had to learn this with Solomon. He, he had been God's warrior, which God wanted him to be. And then near the end of his life, he's going to build the temple. And God comes to David and says, I don't, I don't want you to build my mm-hmm. temple. That's not how you're going to serve me. Your son Solomon is going to build the temple and his worship will be basically through sacrifices. And and it struck me, Tricia, that here God was telling a parent, your child will have a very different way of worshiping me and serving me than you do. And it was so freeing to realize I, I can present all of these. And so when my son was with me on a trip, he was probably about 12. We were just having lunch and we were talking over meeting with God. I was just rolling the nine pathways through my mind, trying to help him understand which one might best connect with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's funny. I just thought about this one time. He was traveling with a friend of his um, through Europe on a summer trip. He was studying over there and he went to a church and they just went into this one church. They didn't know anything about it. And the pastor got up and said, this morning, I I just want to preach out of a book that has inspired my prayer life more than any other. Uh, It's from an American author called Gary Thomas. It's called Sacred (laughs) Path. My son's jaw drops. I mean, it's like, what are the odds? And he goes up and introduces himself to the pastor who couldn't believe it. I mean, you know, because it was just kind of one of those things. But it was interesting to me that he had heard me talk to him about these when he was really young. And then he's old enough to be traveling on his own overseas. And he hears a pastor mentioning it. That is so cool. Did he he ever go up to the pastor and say, hey, (laughs) I know that guy? He did. He did. (laughs) And and, and the pastor was, uh, it it was funny. Yeah, it was was one of those. Yeah. 
what I love is that we can think about our kids and we can think about examples and we could teach them that there are different, you know, ways that we can connect with God and we can approach God. I mean, even mentioning Europe, my favorite place um, is where my daughters are missionaries in the Czech Republic and going into those cathedrals and just sitting there and thinking of all the generations of worshipers. And I know, you know, there's so many thing i mean buying pews and all the different issues that they've had but to know that for generations people went there and they saw the stained glass and saw god in those images and they were able to connect with him um you know just for me it's like connecting and and imagining people through the generations is really special and then you know for some of my kids it's like that wouldn't even cross their mind it's like okay um you know what can i do and let me go do this and let's go hike around i mean there's different ways that we can connect and i think when we understand that about ourselves and about our kids, then we could help them, um, you know, know that it's not wrong. It's just different ways that God has, you know, created us for. And what's so important, if we really want our kids to connect with God, as all of us do, is to recognize that if they don't connect with the form of worship that's maybe predominant in your church, that doesn't mean they don't relate well to God. It just means that's not their best pathway. Mm-hmm. When I got through the pathways, it struck me how many of these pathways reflect a particular denomination. Right. When you talk about the intellectual, for instance, if you go to an old school classical Presbyterian church, probably not modern ones, but the kind where they used to do a hymn, a 50-minute sermon, and a hymn. You know, th- that's that's tailor-made for an intellectual where you're basically focusing on the sermon. Uh, charismatic services would go toward the uh, enthusiasts. Contemplatives would probably love uh, the Mennonite worship where they're just waiting for people to speak. Uh, sensates, I mentioned, is very much sort of along the lines of Eastern Orthodox. Uh, and so a lot of these, it would be if, if you grew up in a church that just doesn't really seem to excite you, um, that doesn't mean they're not connecting with God. It just means that there's a different pathway where they see God more clearly. That is such a good thing because as our kids go grow older, I mean, of course, as mom, I want them to come to my church, the church where I'm at, so I can see them every week. Um, but my uh, son married someone from more of an Orthodox background, and he loves their services. They're going, they're completely different style than the type of church that we go to. He's getting so much out of the, you know, the history and going through the different times of the year. And I mean, it, it, he is seeing that differently and it's okay. Like he's loving it. It's ministering to him. And I think so many times we want our kids to resemble us and what we like and what we enjoy. But I love seeing that God can connect with our kids as they grow older in different ways. Yeah. And what what you just described, if others didn't pick up on that, was part of the traditionalist pathway. The whole point about ritual and symbol is is going through the church calendar. Mm-hmm. And what I love about it, and I found great meaning, is and, and more churches are celebrating Lent now. It used to be just a Roman Catholic thing. I think a lot of evangelical churches have done that. But you also have Advent, you have Pentecost, and if you go through the church calendar, the reality is you're reminded of the most basic Christian truths throughout the year, and it's yeah. a powerful experience. It, it's not dead religion. Uh, it really can give power. It it doesn't save us, but it reminds us that we're safe. Yes. It helps us live 
as people who are saved. And so I, I feel like religion in some ways has gotten a bad rap. And when I talk about the pathways, a lot of people really look down on the traditionalists. And I, I, I so I become more of an advocate for them because I think it was dead religion for a lot of people. In fact, what I often find is that people who grow up in traditionalist style churches think of it as dead and often charismatics go back into the liturgies and suddenly it comes alive for them. <laughs> people who grew up in liturgies like the charismatic, sometimes you have to get something new to get excited, but that's just kind of the way we are as people. Yeah, that's so true. And I was going to ask you, because you did mention this, how, um, you know, your thoughts, you're like, I got, you got to stand up for the traditionalists. How have you changed your thoughts changed since the book first came out compared to now? Well, here's what I was so pleased with. Um, I was a really young author and I wasn't that old at that time. Um, so the nine have held up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that, that's the cool of, thing. <laughs> you know, when you're reworking a book, a lot of really well-known pastors have worked through this and um, and they spoke at it at pastors' conferences and they put in chapters in their own books and whatnot. And nobody's really said, but this is missing. Mm-hmm. One pastor said, he would have added a relational pathway. I kind of put those into the enthusiasts. You, you can't really celebrate as well alone. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you see a group of people celebrating. You're saying that sounds like a fun party. You see one person celebrating. You're thinking that person's mentally ill, right? So, <laughs> um, you. So I kind of think you can fit the relational pathway this past thing that into the enthusiasts. But I've just been really pleased that I, I think they they hold up. And it's been encouraging and I've seen the freedom and just to see a book that I've gotten to rewrite a couple of times and, and rework and and then do this curriculum um, just to, to help people understand who they are and who others are. It's it's amazing. I, I think one of the biggest experiences for me since it came out was when I was traveling in South Africa, boys, probably 15 years ago now in Johannesburg. There's a huge church out there that created a chapel to express online pathways. They met in a large auditorium. It's a large church. But at the time, labor was so cheap there. I mean, it was amazing how cheap. So they just created this chapel for private worship Monday through Saturday. They loved the pathways. That's why they brought me out there. And it all had sections where this is to cater to the naturalist. This is for the traditionalist. This is for the enthusiast. It was really quite, I mean, I I just can't even describe to you um, what it felt like. And um, so to, to see it, hit like that and to see others. There's been a couple books that have pretty much picked up on this um, and just sort of taken the concepts. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah it's amazing how, how many plagiarists are out there. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, my, my, the woman who first worked on the first, um, once it went to Zondervan and she was marketing this book in its, in its revision, uh, she went to a church where the pastor preached on online pathways with uh, descriptions that word for word from my book. And she uh-huh. went up to him. And she goes, well, it's a great sermon, but, you know, you really should quote the author. I said, what do you mean? Well, Gary Thomas wrote the book, Sacred Pathways. He goes, no, I got this from my pastor at the last church I was at. <laughs> she goes, 
he got it from him. And so, uh, but you know, it's, it's like all of those things. We don't own it. You put it out there, God uses it. And you know, it's just, it's just gratifying to see that, um, uh, some people have been encouraged by it. That people are resonating. And I bet that must have been amazing to see the pathways like brought to life in that church in South Africa. And I've been there before. I was at a women's conference. And I'm like, man, I wish I would have known. I would want to go to that chapel and see it. But I mean, yeah. well, I would love to hear how they represented some of the different pathways. Well, it was, uh, this will shock people. It was before the age of camera phones. Hmm. <laughs> so... I mean, now I would have been clicking, you know, a yeah. hundred pictures. You can't even remember a time when you didn't have a camera on your phone. But I, I remember coming back because it was one of, it wasn't the first, but it was one of my first international experiences, which, 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 you know, when you're speaking, it's so different because you can't use U.S. history. Right. You can't even use U.S. sports. You can't use puns because even yeah, some of my puns and jokes just fell flat. They had no yeah, idea what I was talking right, about. Yeah, and so I wasn't sure how I connect. I mean, they were very encouraging, but you know, Trisha, everybody is right. They, but on the way there, it was just that time I sat before the Lord, and I just felt like God saying, "Gary, one of the best gifts you can give to me." is to teach someone how to love me and connect with me. Mm. I just thought, you know, God got the heart. That That's the thing. Whether I succeeded or not, God knew. You went there trying to help people draw near to me. Mm-hmm. And that was a, a powerful experience. And I, um, I, I go back to James chapter 4, verse 8, where James says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And I would urge your listeners to look it up because in context, James is talking to believers. Hmm. He's not, it's not a verse of conversion, draw near to God, and then you'll get to know him and become converted. This is talking to people who already believe. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And it's that beautiful picture of if you just take a step, you know, God's going to do the rest. And for me, the pathways, just it's the first step. You go into the woods, you pick up an instrument, you join uh, a group of other Christians worshiping, you get to a quiet room, uh, you go into a chapel, you go volunteer, at, you know, at a, at a resource center or something. And, and that step, it's powerful how God then says, okay, you took half a step. I'm going to show you how you can go 100 miles with one half step when I'm the one behind it. Oh, I love that so much. And it just makes you realize that, you know, when you are drawn to worshiping God and connecting with God in these different ways, um, he will meet you there. And I remember after adopting all these kids, I mean, I used to have my hour, you know, quiet time in the morning and because I, mean, I only had three teens that slept in and, and, you know, and then all these kids and they're up early and I'm like, I'm not getting my quiet time. And I'm mumbling and grumbling to myself as I'm folding laundry. Um, and God's like, I'm right here. And I'm like, you know what? Yes. And I love that. I mean, as someone who's caregiving for sure, (laughs) um, but I also love my quiet time. He taught me different ways to connect with him, even in the midst of loving him. And, you know, he's always there. And I think especially during this time when there's so much uncertainty, um, wherever you are, God is there and you can connect with him. Absolutely. Well, Gary, I would just love um, you to share more where people can get information about Sacred Pathways and then also the curriculum. Okay. Uh, The best 
place to start is my website. It's my name, GaryThomas.com. It's GaryThomas.com. And they would click on they had the books. You click on the books and then there's a Sacred Pathways button and you could read about it and see about it. Um, the curriculum, I just filmed it as we're talking. So still probably a few months out. I oh, imagine don't tell us that. <laughs> early in 2021. Uh, before that will come out. But the new edition has been released. The new edition has an appendix that compares the pathways and the Enneagram. You know, the Enneagram has gotten such attention. And um, it's just a coincidence that there are nine points on the Enneagram and nine pathways. I didn't consult the Enneagram when I did, because I wrote the book in the early 90s. Hardly anybody was talking about the Enneagram. No, we would have been scared if they would have said something about that. (laughs) Yeah, but but back then it wasn't really as popularized as it is now. And the Enneagram is really about understanding yourself, Mm -hmm. not about connecting with God. So there are some obvious connections when you look at them. Well, yeah, that fits that, but but you can't make a one-to-one correspondence. However... I think understanding yourself can release you to help understand God. But so, you know, I just kind of make that distinction just to my publisher that that would people would want to hear that. But that that's the main thing that's new about the upcoming edition that is available now in stores. The curriculum was supposed to be available now because we we're supposed to film it in March and it got bumped back to May because of COVID. Then it got bumped back to June and we finally got it done here in October. Well, so, we'll, we'll be patient delays. and wait for it. We're good. I mean, yeah, we waited 20 years, right? So we can wait a couple well, more months. What I loved about it, Trish, is that I've spoken on it so much. I've thought mm-hmm. about it so much over 25 years that I really felt like the curriculum captures it. And people like small groups uh, studies where I'm able to say this is what, you know, this is ha- have a word phrase for each pathway and just really explain if this is you, then you're probably this. And just that familiarity, it, it really is one of those things that um, it, it's sort of been a part of my life now. I mean, you yeah. do 25 years. Um, it's uh, one of those lifelong things. It's pretty sweet. I love that. I love that they're re-releasing all this and new material. And I think it's going to bless and impact a whole new generation. I think my daughter in the Czech Republic is going to love this. I'm going to order a Kindle version and send it over to her. Um, So I appreciate all that you do and all that you give. Um, And thank you for being here today. That's my honor, Tricia. You're like my Hallie's Comet. It seems like we, we cross every seven years or so. So I'm I'm thrilled that you took the step that we we're able to reconnect. You really do inspire me with your writings and and your work here and even more your life. I really feel like you're one of the real ones out there that I think that's why you connect so well. People get that you're just you're living this. So Absolutely. Thank you. I've, I've had a two kids come in when we're recording so (laughs) we're loving it here (laughs) what joy talking to gary thomas it is so fun to reconnect with him and uh, many of you may not know that i had a radio show called living inspired years and years ago we're talking like 2008 2009 going into 2010 and it was so fun getting to meet people, 
getting to know people. I had no idea what I was doing. But the amazing thing that came out of that is first, I just learned to enjoy having conversations with people. And that's what I'm doing today now on Walk It Out. And second, I got to meet people like Gary Thomas that were able to reconnect years later. And that truly is the joy of just a Christian community, getting to know people and getting to connect with people and then learning from other people. Now, I just love this book so much, Sacred Pathways. Um, And now, you know, over 100,000 sold, which tells you that a lot of people are just finding so much insight from this book. And to sum it all up again, um, these are the different um, ways, pathways to connect with God, the nine ways to connect with God. So naturalist, let me be outdoors. Sensate, let me experience. Traditionalist, let me remember. Aesthetic, let me be alone. Activist, let me conquer. Caregiver, let me care. Enthusiast, let me celebrate. Contemplative, let me feel. And intellectual, let me think. And I think so many of us, we might hear this list and go, well, that's me and that's me. And then we're, we get confused. But I think different times in our lives, we can connect with God in different ways. So for many years, um, I loved the intellectual part of it, of just getting to know God. I just remember taking Bible classes to the for the first time, reading through books that explained scripture, I just grew and grew so much during that time. And then there's been seasons, like when we added seven kids to our house through adoption, um, there were times I would barely get time to sit down with my Bible, but I felt myself connecting with God as I cared for these kids, these hurting kids that had been in foster care, that had a failed adoption, that had so many hard things. As I was loving them, I felt myself connecting with God. And I think, but overall, if I look back at my life, um, I think I'm the contemplative, which is let me feel. And as I was thinking about this and thinking about this conversation with Gary and um, reading through the book, I remember when I was little. So my mom became a Christian when I was in second grade. Um, I must have been in about fifth or sixth grade. And I remember dreaming that I was on a swing and Jesus was pushing me on the swing, which um, I didn't have a good relationship with my biological father. So I never remember like a father, father, um, pushing me on the swing, but Jesus was singing to me and pushing me on a swing. And it was just this very special moment. And I remember waking up and Lionel Richie was on the radio. <laughs> he was singing a song in my dream. Um, I, I think I had a radio alarm. That was a big thing back in, this was probably like 1981. The big thing is <laughs> like, the clock radio and it had come on in Lionel Richie but in my heart I just remember that as being a special moment where I felt connected with Jesus and um, helping me feel that connection with him and I know as the years pass when I get overwhelmed or overcome one of my favorite pictures is me like as a child climbing up into my father's lap and just feeling that closeness and feeling that connection and when I feel those things um, then I feel like okay I can handle this day. I can handle whatever hardship. I can handle the busyness because I feel that closeness with God. And I think that is the whole point of what Gary was talking about today. It's really, it's, we need to draw close to God and connect with him. And it doesn't have to just be, although we do need to read scriptures and we do need to pray and, and do that too. But 
there can be other times where we can connect with God. Now, one of my friends, um, Todd Tillman, his book that I wrote with him and Brooke comes out in June. Um, Every Little Win is the title, but he talks about, you know, he was a pastor and serving and serving. And there's always someone to kind of like, you know, a mom of little kids, a pastor of a church. There's always someone who needs you and there's always things to do and people to call and and people to check on. And um, he said he, it wasn't until he was maybe in his mid to late thirties that he realized that he felt a connection with God in nature and that it was okay to leave those lists behind. And we talked about this in the book. This is just a a glimpse of of it um, to leave those lists behind this to do list, um, you know, leave your, the phone calls behind and it, was good. Oh, good. And, um, right for him to go into nature and to walk and to pray and to spend time with God. And I think each of us, when we do take the time to figure out that connection, it feeds our souls and then we can pour out to others, um, in better ways and we can feel connected with God and, um, be able to love him and love others because we feel that connection with him. So I encourage you to check out this book. I'm rambling here, but Sacred Pathways um, by Gary Thomas. And today's Walk It Out verse is James 4, 7 through 8. And it says, um, so humble yourselves before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come close to God and God will come close to you. And I love how this is steps. So first we humble ourselves before God. We realize we need him. Um, to be humble is to be grounded. We understand who we are and who God is. And um, humility isn't, you know, oh, I'm so horrible. It's realizing like I am a child of God, but I need help. <laughs> it's being grounded. Um, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And I think temptation is there in our lives, but we can resist it. And one of the quotes that I loved that Gary and I talked about is, um, finding fulfillment in God is the most powerful antidote to any sin. And when we are drawing close to God, we want to, um, be with him and we don't want to sin those, you know, the things that I used to do, the cussing and listening to inappropriate music or watching soap operas or movies that were inappropriate. Um, those cravings went away as soon as I filled my soul up with God. So the, and then the last part um, of these verses is come close to God and he will come close to you. And I just always, you know, I've told my kids like God is waiting. Like he just wants to come to you, but it takes us slowing down and spending time and reading our Bibles and, um, or going on a nature walk or looking at art or watercolor painting or whatever it is. Um, when we draw close to God, he will be there to draw close to us. So let me pray today. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for Gary Thomas. I thank you for how you have used him over the years. And I know he's just been so encouraging and inspiring. And so many of his books have um, just fed my soul and helped me look at God differently and draw closer to him. Um, So I pray that you'll continue to bless Gary, continue to bless his family and his ministry and um, use him, continue to use him for your glory, Lord. And I pray for every listener out there, whether it's a listener who's listened to every episode or it's someone new um, who is just tuning in, that you will just speak to his or her hearts today and encourage, um, maybe put it in their minds 
how to draw close to you in a way that their soul will be fed. I pray for each person here to realize like it's okay. Um, whatever feeds their soul, uh, whether it's nature or art or knowledge, any of these things that they will use those things to draw close to you and to connect with you in ways they never had before. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, friend, thank you so much for tuning in to Walk It Out. I appreciate you being here. I appreciate you connecting with me. Um, feel free to always follow me on social media. And every place you go, just put in Trisha Goyer on Facebook, on Instagram. I'm not on Twitter much, uh, but <laughs> I do have a profile there too. Or my website is just Trisha Goyer.com. And for every episode of Walk It Out, you can just go to Walk It Out podcast.com. In the show notes, there are more than show notes. I write a little blog. There are wonderful graphics with quotes from our guests. So I pull out quotes either from the book or for the conversation, and we make wonderful graphics. You could pin them on your Facebook page, on Pinterest. If there's something that you want to remember, you can always go back and I'll have links to everything that we talk about on the podcast. So I just appreciate you being here and remember to share this podcast with a friend. Thanks for listening to Walk It Out. Head over to the show notes for this podcast and all past episodes at www.walkitoutpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with someone you know who can make a radical difference in the world. We love new friends. See you next time.